Star Wars 7x7, episode 615. Today we are looking at more details on the galactic state of affairs inside the post-Return of the Jedi pre The Force Awakens Star Wars galaxy. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily seven-minute podcast. With your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod and I've been going through the books that relate to all of the post-Return of the Jedi pre-The Force Awakens world galaxy, if you will, and I've gone through most of them at this point. I think there are two still that I haven't quite touched on yet. One of them is Before the Awakening, which tells some of the backstories of Pin, uh, Pin and Foe. <laughs> Let me try that again. Poe and Finn, and also Ray, and also the Force Awakens Visual Dictionary, which has some good stuff in there as well. So hopefully we'll be covering those in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, we are still talking about the Force Awakens novelization. And a couple of curious things about the state of the galaxy and the First Order and the Resistance and how they relate to each other. In addition to a couple of the science things that I wanted to check in with you about. Because, of course, they're making stuff up (laughs) as far as the whole Starkiller-based weapon goes. And according to the novel, the energy that's actually being channeled is a dark energy called quintessence. So it's not actually solar energy somehow that's being pulled from it, or at least it's being converted from solar energy, and then from there transformed into something called phantom energy, which is able to punch a big rip through hyperspace. So it is a trans-hyperspace weapon, which is really fascinating. And that means, of course, that we can get by some of the time issues that you would encounter in a movie, like having to shoot something that couldn't make it through hyperspace, and then you'd have to say, oh no, they're going to fire their weapon in the the movie we would have to jump to six months later. Doesn't quite work like that. (laughs) Much more convenient to have it show up right within seconds. I don't think Takadana and the Hosnian system are close enough where the moment that the Hosnians... It probably took a lot longer in real time for the light from the explosion in the Hosnian system to get to Takadana. But, eh, you know, small matters. (laughs) So we'll leave that be. But I do want to talk to you about the Republic and the Resistance and the First Order. Interestingly enough, now the First Order, of course, is gone, but leading up to it, Leia in her musings at the beginning of the novel suggested that the New Republic is on the verge of complete collapse and described it as weak, still developing, and increasingly vulnerable. Well, I don't know if she meant vulnerable in the sense of the Starkiller weapon. In fact, I don't think they had any data on it prior to them actually using the weapon in the first place. But that depiction of the New Republic is a rather scary one to hear about, that it only took 30 years for the whole thing to be, you know, in turmoil to begin with, let alone about to be utterly destroyed by the First Order. And Leia describes the Resistance, or at least the Resistance is described in the novel, as being a new thing, as in it hasn't been available that long. And I guess some of the backstory that we're going to find out a little bit more about when we dig into The Force Awakens Visual Dictionary and other sources is that the New Republic dematerialized, wow, I'll try that one again too, demilitarized, there you go. 
And that Leia was against it because she knew something about what was going on with the Empire and them not being able to be trusted and the First Order coming up. And so broke the resistance off as a splinter group from what remained of the New Republic military. And if it's in fact true that this is a comparatively new development that the resistance exists prior to The Force Awakens, then she did it none too soon considering the events of The Force Awakens. Meanwhile, as far as the First Order goes, it is not described as new in the novel, but the finalizer, General Hux's Star Destroyer, is in fact described as being new, and it is twice as big as the standard Imperial Star Destroyers that we are used to from the original trilogy. But what I've gathered from Wikipedia so far is that after the Battle of Jakku that we talked about at the end of Lost Stars not too long ago, the Empire and the Republic signed a treaty that limited the Empire to staying within certain treaty boundaries in the core and interim worlds, but that the Imperial Starfleet actually took off into the unknown regions and there just, you know, did whatever it was they did until they were ready to reemerge as the First Order. And this raises some really interesting potential for Episode 8 and 9, because there's been no suggestion yet that the Empire doesn't exist anymore. They, in fact, exist inside some sort of treaty boundary, and the First Order is essentially a splinter group, a faction that broke off from it and has a lot of military might to their name. But the Resistance could end up getting pinched in between both the remnants of the Empire that are currently limited by treaty, but they may decide that, well, you know, now with the New Republic destroyed, maybe it's time to start ramping up again. And then you've got the First Order on the other side, and so the Resistance could get crushed right in between the two of them. And that's an idea that's just this moment occurred to me as I've been recording the podcast for you. And it seems pretty compelling. I mean, we haven't had any evidence yet that the Empire doesn't exist anymore, only that they've been limited by treaties. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Do you think it's possible that we could see a refreshed Empire in addition to the First Order taking on the Resistance in the next movie? Chime in with your comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. All right, without further ado, it's trivia time. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Last time we asked you for whom Kylo Ren took off his helmet and mask for the first time, and that was Ray. Today's question, who talked first, Poe Dameron or Kylo Ren? (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get separated from your master in a lightsaber duel... Check out SW7X7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not Darth Maul sliced in half, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7 We hope you love it.